Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. As some of you know who've been here for the last couple of weeks, we're in the middle of a series called Teach Me to Pray, right? And so we've been walking through, really been breaking down the Lord's Prayer, but just how to apply different principles of prayer to our life and learn how to pray. I don't say better because you can't be like a great prayer, right? It's your relationship with God. It's how you talk to God. But to know how to make it, I guess, meaningful, right? And how to make it matter, And while I was, you know, talking to God about today's message and um, what direction we could go, I was kind of like all over the place, which I tend to be. If you know me, I'm not like super structured and organized, so it can be kind of like, and then finally I zero in. And today I just feel, I really feel like sharing about, you know, teach me to pray when my prayers aren't working. Has anybody been in that season or in that place where you feel like your prayers just aren't working? right? The worst. It's terrible. And you feel like there's something wrong with you, or maybe there's something wrong with God. A little hint, nothing wrong with God. He is perfect. And, you know, sometimes it just hits you out of nowhere. You're walking along. Everything's going great. You're like, I'm spending time with Jesus. Check. Work is going great. My relationships are thriving. I've lost four pounds, so I'm feeling skinny. I can take on the world. You know, and then something happens, and you're like, okay, that was short-lived. But you're like, okay, because I've been going to church, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray, right? So you pray, you say, Lord, fix it. Amen. So you carry on with your day, and you're like, man, still not fixed. And then that day turns into another, turns into a week, turns into a couple weeks, and you're like, something's, like, is this thing on? Like, what's happening? Why hasn't the situation changed? And then if you have, like, godly counsel around you or friends who know the Lord, you start to tell them what's going on. And then without a doubt, someone's going to hit you with the, I would just pray about it. And you want to hit them, right? Because obviously we've been doing that, right? Because we know Jesus. And you're like, that's so annoying. And if I've been that friend to you, sorry, so sorry. But (laughs) that little bit of advice is good advice. It's just not always what you want to hear. Because can't they see that your world's falling apart, falling into turmoil? If you think I haven't prayed, you need to pray. Why aren't you praying about it? You're my friend, right? And so you start going through this thing, and I don't know, this might be too real, but when you feel like your prayers aren't being answered, and you've tried, and you tried, and you tried, something in your heart can change, right? You start to get a little hard-hearted, and before you go from, like, asking God things to telling him, right? Or you start to get mad at him. Where are you? Why? Your word says that you would never forsake me. What, what's up? I'm forsaken. Hello, forsook. It's me. <laughs> right? Is that like not true? <laughs> Maybe just me, just me and God. That's fine. A little too honest. It's fine. But you do that. Your relationship starts to change or maybe you start praying a little less. You start going to church less because it's not working and it's not yielding the results that you expected, which was change immediately. You say, my prayers aren't working and I know I'm doing the things right, so maybe God doesn't work. 
Well, I want to tell you first and foremost, that's a lie. God is always working. He is always present. And just because he might be silent doesn't mean he's absent. And, and that is something so big that we have to remind ourselves of whenever we're walking through a valley. And this is a total side note because I do get a little distracted. No one ever told me, I feel like growing up or just like in church, that you can be on a mountaintop and in a valley at the same time. And it's so confusing, right? You're like, everything over here is great, but over there. Right. My, my goodness. Stay away from over there. But you, you can. And just because God is with you on the mountain doesn't mean he's not over there in your mess as well. He is. He is there and he is present and he is for you. And so you're, you're in this space and you're like, I'm hard-hearted. I don't know how it happened. I'm trying, I'm in panic mode, so I'm trying to fix things on my own. And that's making matters worse. And finally, your back's against the wall and you're like, I don't know what to do. I have no clue what to do. I've been there. And truly, not to be the annoying friend, but what you're supposed to do is pray about it. And I've learned through life so far, and there's still a lot of learning for me to do, so don't think that I know it all because I don't, but I'll just tell you what I know and what I know that I know. There, there are different situations when your prayer isn't working, and the first one I want to talk about is if, there, if your prayer is not working, chances are there's an action you haven't taken. There's a step you haven't taken yet. And so sometimes God is waiting for your obedience before you see the promise, right? Because it's so naive of us to think that, you know, when you're a kid, you want big, grand things. You're like, I want a super fine husband. I want the big house. I want kids. I want a cute dog that doesn't shed or slobber. And I want this crystal clear life. That was my dream, right, when I was little. And when you're little, when you're like 13, 14 or whatever, you can't really picture yourself as a 30-year-old doing that. You kind of picture yourself at that age. Do you know what I mean? Because you have no foresight for who you'll be as an adult. And it's really naive of us to do, we apply that same principle in our prayer life. We want these big, grand things, but we, are, we see ourselves as we are inheriting those things, not taking into account that we have work and refining to do before we can inherit those things. Does that make sense? Like, we, we only see what we have right in front of us, and sometimes we don't have the vision from heaven to see who we're meant to be. So we don't know what steps to take and what work we need to put in. But God's telling us all the while, oh, if you would just listen to me, you'd get there. And it makes a difference. So when my prayers weren't being answered at one point, I realized there was an action that I had not taken. So last year, we were in a 6 p.m. service, and I was just praying. I was in the zone. Worship was popping. Disco ball was on. It was a good time. Okay. Just me and Jesus, me and my God, like this. And I'm like in the moment, and I hear him tell me, he just reminded me of the answered prayers that I am walking in. You know, wanting to, the job that I have, wanting to be in ministry, and I'm walking in that, thank God. I have good friends around me when I didn't have great friends before. You know, I have just a life that I'm really pleased with that I had prayed for, and God said, here you go. And I was like, you're so good, God. You really did that. Sure did. <laughs> And then, then he wasn't done. He said, don't you want 
to see promises realized in the next 10 years. And I was like, yeah, of course, duh. And he was like, well, you better start praying now. He was telling me that my prayer life wasn't active enough. And I was walking and answered prayer because of the devotion I had 10 years ago, five years ago. And if I'm not as devoted now, I'm not setting myself up for success in the future. And that's a word. And when, you, when I find myself in a season where things are a little, uh, not how they're supposed to be, chances are I didn't have the devotion that I needed. I didn't spend the time with God enough for him to refine me and set me on my way to where I need to be, where I want to be. Is there an action that God has told you to take that you haven't done yet? For me, he told me to pray more, so I did. I started 10 minutes a day because Pastor Joel suggested it, and I said, you're my pastor, I listen to you, you're always right. And 10 minutes would turn into 15 minutes, and I'm not going to lie, sometimes I would skip a day because, you know, your girl gets busy and she forgets, but we're working on it. But it made a huge difference. And it's not like I saw clouds parting every five minutes, but I was different. Things that would upset me didn't upset me as much. I found myself having moments of clarity and wisdom when before I would be emotional and reactive. And whenever you're walking in wisdom, I can't help but think that's the path that God has laid out for us, a path of wisdom. So I could see things kind of coming together, and I was like, man, God, you are so right. should have been praying all this time. (laughs) So that might be a word for someone here. If your prayers aren't working, there might be a lesson. There might be a step you're supposed to take. And sometimes that step is cutting someone off. Sometimes that step is praying more. Sometimes it's not watching that thing or listening to certain music. And you might think it's trivial, like, oh, yeah, you told me to do that. Whatever. I'll get, get around to it. It's delaying your promise. And, like, it's very humbling when you realize you are the person standing in your own way. It's your stubbornness that's, that's interfering with what you're suppo- where you want to be. Are you standing in your own way today? Get out of your own way. And we're going to end this service in worship, and that's going to be a great time to just be like, Lord, remind me of that thing that I didn't do that I said I would do. And he'll tell you. And I want to encourage you, don't hesitate to do that. Step out in that. When I think of people not taking action, I think of the rich young ruler. And we're going to read about that. It's in Mark 10. And they'll throw it up there for us all so we can read together. But Mark 10, verses 17, we'll start at verse 17 and go through until we feel like stopping. (laughs) So this is about the rich young ruler. So as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Dramatic. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. And you must honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. 
Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. And Jesus looked around and said to the disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. There's so much in this little story. One thing that I love was that right before Jesus gave this man instruction, he looked at him and loved him. It's important for you to know that right before God's giving you instruction, he looks at you, he sees you, and he loves you. He's not telling you anything just to tell you things. He's not telling you anything because he's angry with you. He sees you and he loves you. So he wants you to inherit the things of heaven. And he's giving you that instruction. And, and then you see the rich young ruler, how he gets sad because he knows he just can't do it. He, he can't part with his riches. He can't part with his wealth. And, and that last bit where Jesus says how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Some of you in here are like, I'm good. I'm not rich. Got it. <laughs> but you have wealth in other areas. You may have wealth in friendships and your friends are distracting you from leaning into God. You might have wealth and opportunities and you're going for all these opportunities, but you're not taking a moment to be devoted and sit still with God. Wealth isn't just monetary things. And some of you, glory to God, are rich. Be generous. You got that part. Check. You cannot love the things of this earth more than you love the Lord. And you cannot be so distracted by what's going on out here that when God instructs you, you miss that he loves you and he's telling you things for a reason. And you're like, okay, I've been devoted to God. He told me what to do. I did it. And so it worked out. Glory to God. We love that. We love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> and now you've started praying again for other things, and you're like, it still isn't panning out. That's probably because your heart isn't right. Which, to check your heart, heart check, do that self-work, is an action to take. But the word says in James 4, verse 3, let me flip. James 4, verse 3, and they'll put it up for us. It says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. If you're asking and not receiving, it says it right there, you're probably asking with the wrong motives, the wrong intention in your heart. And when I got to this verse, I did have a little self-check there because my friends, we all know that there's a thing called the lottery, right? And the mega millions is literally in the billions now, right? No, just us? Okay, well, we drive around and we see these billboards. And all the time, we're like, Lord, if we win that, it's kingdom money. I'm going to tithe so hard. It's going to be amazing. Lives are going to be changed. You said, bring in your whole, I'll bring that whole tithe so that there's meat in your house. There'll be meat for everyone. Filet mignon, great meat for whoever wants it, right? We're like, okay, and so once we do that, we're going to do this, we're going to bless this person, I'm going to build my dream house, but the doors will be open so anyone can come. So really, it's not even my house, it's a house for the people, right? You negotiate these things. 
And we pray these things so that we win, but of course, we never buy a ticket. <laughs> Ever. But we're praying these things, Lord, let me win this <laughs> so that it can be for the kingdom. But I think if we're honest with ourselves, the reason we don't buy a ticket is because we know it, our hearts may not have the right motive, right? We, we're trying to be the rich young ruler. <laughs> that could be you too. You're praying these things. You want a spouse, but do you want a spouse just for the sake of being married or do you want it for kingdom work? Is your heart right? Do you want the promotion at work so that you can ball out and get your Tesla? <laughs> or do you want your tithe to increase so that when we need to set up a school in Cuba, you can be the person to help? You have to get your heart right because our God's too good to just give us every single women desire. Because at the end of the day, what we, what we want, if we're not spending time with God, it's probably going to be a selfish want. And we can be honest. This is Fondren. We're real honest here. We all have prayer requests and things and, you know, places we want to go and things we want to see. But our motivation isn't always aligning with the things of heaven. But, man, once that changes you're set. I've shared this story before, but when I was in college, I started serving at a church, got really into it, loved it, and I journaled one day, because I'd spent like the whole day at church, or we did conference or something, and I journaled, and I said, if I could do this every day, I would, and I would be so happy, not even thinking it was a prayer. And then fast forward, it happened, and I'm walking in answered prayer, but I realized the key to that and some of the other things I wrote in my journal that I may have wanted is that that prayer, that desire, lined up with God's will. And it, it came out of spending time with him, spending time in his house, and spending time caring for his people. And that's, I won't say that's why it was answered, but that's why it was just so good when it was answered. Does that make sense? When we spend time with God, just like you spend time with any of your friends or your loved ones, you start to kind of like weirdly morph into them. Have you noticed that? Like you might have a friend who always says something kind of weird and then you start saying that same weird thing and you're like, where did that come from? Time together, intimacy. Same thing with God. When we spend time with him, we start sounding more like him. When we spend time with him, we start seeing the world the way he sees it. So after spending time with him, when we see something in our life that we want to change, it should align with what he wants to see changed in our lives. Devotion changes everything, I'm telling you. And I wish I'd learned that sooner. I wish I were better at it now, but I'm working on it. And just as, as your pastor, I, I want that for you. I want you guys to know that time with God is never a mistake, ever. And when your prayers aren't working, spend more time with him, and you'll see that your prayers start to change. The third thing, when your prayers aren't working and you're just at it over and over and over again, everyone's going to hate this thing, but it's, I'm just warning you now. If your prayers aren't being answered yet, it's probably because you're still in a waiting season. 
And waiting seasons are hard. They are annoying because you're like, it's been a month. That's enough time, God. Let's hurry this thing up. It's been a year. It's been two years, however long. But there's so much refining that happens in the waiting. It's transformational, the waiting season. And it's not that your prayers aren't being answered. It's that they're not being answered yet. But like we said before, God's silence doesn't mean that he's absent. He's with you in that season. And there are so many people who had to deal with waiting that we can read about and see that their lives turned out okay. And that should be comfort for all of us. I think of Joseph and how he was betrayed and he had to wait and wait and wait before he was finally out of prison. No one was trying to kill him. He could just be okay. It took decades. I think of David when it was prophesied over him that he would be the next king. He wasn't king the next day. It took 15 years, scholars say, before he was actually like a king. And there was so much that happened in those 15 years, trial after trial after trial. People tried to kill him, he had to go to war. It, it was insane all that he had to go through before he could step into what was spoken to him as a child. But he was persistent. It's the reason the Psalms, there's so much we learn from David because he loved the Lord. And I like to think that in his waiting season, he was pressing into God. In his waiting season, he was learning how to be devoted so that even when he made the worst mistakes possible, he knew that there was a God that would forgive him and see him and, and know him and carry him through. Think of Abraham and Sarah waiting for a child to the point where it was laughable that they could have kids. But God worked on them and worked with them through all that and blessed them in the end. And then they were, you know, these are like great grandparents of our faith. Without them, we wouldn't be here. The waiting is worth it. And I'm learning that now. I have a couple things that I, I'm praying for, for direction. And I don't know if I should just take the plunge and go one way, or if I should just completely go back to the drawing board and start over. And I keep having all these ideas. I like to think of, like, I'm an idea person. Like, they just kind of come to me. But God's really working on me right now to say, Hillary, wait. Because his answer and his plan and his way are going to be so much more fruitful than the things that I'm trying to formulate on my own. And in this, it's not, I'm not being super graceful about it either. Because literally every day I feel like I'm so glad that the Lord is patient. Because I feel like I annoy him so much. Or if he were me, I would be annoyed. <laughs> but I ask him every day, I'm like, well, what if I did this? And he's saying, Hillary, Wait. Next day, okay, I waited a day, what if I did this? Hillary, wait. And so here I am waiting because I want to make the right move. 
and I've made wrong moves, I've made impulsive moods, moves, and there was a period of my life where I didn't even realize it until retrospect, but I was walking in complete disobedience. Instead of waiting, I was pushing and pushing and pushing upstream. And things were so hard that didn't even need to be hard. Getting groceries shouldn't be hard, but they were. <laughs> it's true, it was. I was like, oh gosh. I lived in a walk-up, it was a whole thing. Everything about it was difficult. And now I'm learning how to wait. And hopefully one day soon, <laughs> I'll have my direction, I'll know what to do, so then I can get back up here and be like, y'all, remember when I was waiting? It worked out, here's what happened. But until then, I have resolved in my spirit that waiting is the right thing for me to do. And I want to encourage you to be strong. Resolve in your spirit that if you're in this waiting season, it's going to be beneficial to you. It is not going to harm you. It's going to help you through. And some of you, you've been praying and you're like, none of this is me. You know, I feel like I pray, I'm obeying, I'm listening, my heart's right. I've been waiting, I've been waiting, I've been waiting. I want to encourage you to just take a moment to search. Search within yourself and and find out what that one little thing is that needs to be done or that needs to be yielded or that needs to shift because it's in there. Sometimes it's pride and not being honest with God about what it is that you need. Sometimes there's unforgiveness that's deep inside of you that you honestly probably forgot about until you see a person and then you're triggered and you just want to like hit them in the face. I've been there. We're working through it. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Maybe it's the distance that you've allowed to grow between you and God. You can close that space here and now. I'm going to ask the team, you guys can come up. I'm about to close. Your prayers aren't not working. God hears every single cry. And we learn that from the beginning. And one of my favorite verses, is it has to do with Cain and Abel. And the word says that when Cain killed Abel, Abel's blood cried out to God. Even when he was gone, God heard his cries. And you think the Lord doesn't hear you actively calling out to him? He does. And breakthrough is coming. It is. It's on its way. It's like the verse that says, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain and hearing the rain before you even see it. Search within yourself. Spend this devotional time. Search for the sound of your abundance of rain. Pastor Joel always says this. Whatever your dream is, whatever the vision is, you have to hold it in your heart before you hold it in your hand. 
maybe that's the step for you. Your prayers aren't working because you haven't held the thing that you're, you're asking for in your heart yet. It's just like one of those prayers we just kind of toss up. Lord, if it's your will, let me be X, Y, Z. And you're like, I asked God for that and it didn't happen. Have you held it in your heart? Lord, if it's your will, let me be a mother. But you don't see yourself with kids. You don't see yourself raising this family. You haven't seen yourself on your doctor's visits. Hold it in your heart. Lord, if it's your will, let me be a business owner. But you don't see yourself in school learning how to get better. You don't see yourself putting a plan together or holding the keys to what will be your space. Learn how to hold these things in your heart so that you can walk them out. That's not foreign. I feel like there's so much we can talk about when it comes to prayers not working. But I would, I would argue that before we get to the list of things that we want to be and that we want to see, we have to ask for more of God. And maybe even ask for forgiveness for asking for things before we've sought him. In fact, I, that's even me. I have to repent of that for seeking things or solutions before seeking God. And it is a communion Sunday. You probably got your little cuppy cups on the way in. Now's a good time to kind of change our perspective and make sure we're praying toward the right thing so that our prayers can work in the long run. If anyone's missing or needs a communion cup, they're going to be walking around. But if that's you, you can take your communion in your hands. Go ahead, peel that tiny little piece of plastic (laughs) and prepare your elements. And we'll stand while we take communion. And those of you who are new, who don't know what communion is, don't feel like you have to just because you're in this space. But communion is something we do to recenter and refocus and remember our covenant with God, our promise with God. It's something that you can do as often as you'd like, but we're going to do it as a church family today. And as we're entering into this time of consecration and just devotion with God, we need to be reminded that seeking his face, being in his presence is the most important thing. And all the answered prayers that come after that are just a benefit of being in that relationship with him. So if you want, you can take the bread that represents his body broken for us Jesus' body broken for us all those years ago. And he said at the Last Supper, when you take this, do this in remembrance of me. 
And then you have a little bit of wine, which represents his blood poured out for us all those years ago so that we could have new life, so that we wouldn't have to take on the punishment that we deserve, so that we wouldn't have to take on the consequences of sin. But we get to go to God and just say, I'm sorry. And he picks us up, dusts us off, and sends us on our way. He also said all this many last many years ago that when you take this, you do this in remembrance of me. Let me pray. God, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you for your presence, God. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who died and rose again to give us new life. God, just in this time, remind us of who you are. God, search our hearts. If we're coming to you with the wrong intentions, God, give us the right motives, godly motives for the things we we bring to you. Lord, if there's any step we've forgotten to take, show us what it is so that we can take it boldly, stepping into your promise and into your will. And God, if, if your command is for us to just simply wait, let us wait in gladness. Let us wait in joy, knowing that you are right here with us in the waiting. And God hear our prayer and forgiving us for any time we've sought your hand before we sought your face, God. Any time we went for things over the creator, we turn that around here and now. I thank you that you're saying It's not that our prayers aren't working. It's that we're not leaving room for you to work. So we give you room, God, to do what only you can do. You are good and you are faithful. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.